All right. This is May 29th. I do have a title for this because I'm about to blow someone up. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it doesn't stop. Um, modern day Pharisees. <laughs> Your type in the background. <laughs> she just got a title to put together for her outline. <laughs> modern day Pharisees. This is the one I got today. I think what's blowing my mind is that, and I said this in the last one, and I just was saying this to you more, but now i got to preach to all my inv invisible people that are listening, is that um, when I was saying wolves in sheep's clothing were going to get exposed, God was going to do it, and I always thought it was going to be a hidden sin, like what we've seen with all these leaders, Carl Lentz, Ravi Zacharias, all the ones that have been going down, and now God is taking this to another level that this is blatant hypocrisy, blatant heresy, and the church has accepted these things and then these so it's like it's like an outward sin he's now exposing that he let me he had me go after someone like g smith because i was always saying like i'm not going to say their names until they're exposed and now god's having me call do it at this level because this is so and i know it's why he's having me of all people because of my first of all being disgusted by how the church uses doctrine to just doctrine to expose people and no true holy spirit discernment it's been out of pride and i was so raised all around it that i even carried i wouldn't have said anything like that publicly because i wasn't filled with pride but it put crazy judgment on me to the gifts of the spirit to the charismatics because i was so infiltrated like i was so i was like a pharisee that got delivered from being a pharisee like by the legalism and then i saw how jacked up it made me when i end up in charismatic movement and i was so bothered i had hatred in my heart when i was in bible school and i would hear them teach on healing or i saw someone get healed like i had anger inside me that anger came from like a, a being bound by doctrine I was bound by doctrine, like the hearts of people who are in these churches that get bound by the doctrine that you're under, it hardens your heart and you think you carry discernment through their doctrine and you carry demonic judgment. And that's what these really big um, preachers of cessationists are. It's, it's heretical. That teaching is heretical and people need to know that. You cannot say that someone who teaches that the power of God is done away with at that level because it's only gonna be in doctrine, but the display of his power was only for that time period and now it's over, that is heretical teaching. It is against Jesus Christ's character. It is not okay to sit under that teaching, people. You don't understand scripture if you sit under that teaching. It is binding the minds. It's binding the minds. So here's who he's letting me go after, which is so crazy because this guy's like a theologian. Oh, is everyone ready? Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Everyone ready for this one? John MacArthur. All right. Can't believe he's letting me do this. And I know a lot about um, this, this, his ministry because I attended his church, which is crazy. I did a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went there because the girl who lives in my apartment 
before me and people hearing all my memoirs of like of my experience of being raised like this my dad's a reformed baptist pastor he's not a cessationist not calling my dad a pharisee i'm calling um the people that get so engulfed that their hearts are so hardened to actually the true display and the power of god through their stinking theology and because they know it so well and think they can box everybody in through their knowledge they are modern day pharisees they carry the same thing in the spirit realm that the pharisees and the scribes and the sadducees and the, the Jewish leaders that are in scripture, they're carrying the same thing. And I'm going to blow this up right now. It's going to blow people's minds how God showed me this. So, um, and here's why. And like I said, he, God would use someone like me because I was engulfed in it. I understand it. I was that person. And, the, and that's what you've got to carry a true testimony to be used by God. Like you have to understand things that, that take you to place to walk through it, to really take the word of God and think you're going to be a good Bible teacher. That's why we have these famous douchebags do, getting where they're getting is because they just took the word of God to get them what they want rather than having a Mary Magdalene type testimony and not a Mary Magdalene testimony like Todd Bentley that turns you into a pervert. Okay. Oh man. It's just understanding this stuff in fullness because this is probably would have been the most horrific one. If God, for if I had known this before he was going to have me go after this only reason I think now he, I've gotten used to each ones and how he's showing it to me. The only reason is because I, I understand this guy is like a theologian. He's written 400 books. Um, I know his influence on the church. I know that all the people in Reformed churches look up to this guy. They follow him. This is their, the big theologian of the, of, the, of the modern day, you know, Calvinist Reformed theology. All of, all of that look up and put this guy on some weird pedestal that he is. He, it's like if people know this. So this is crazy because this is one of the debates I said. I got in a debate with my dad about a cessationist, and I said he would call me a heretic. I'm going to call him a heretic, and we just got into this. And my dad actually said I don't use anything of his anymore. I don't use his commentaries. I don't use because he produced a Bible that has his name on it. Yeah, people Google that. Put MacArthur Bible. It's a Bible that says MacArthur Bible. Okay, people, if you don't understand that, that's not okay. That's not okay. How about we say Jesus is Bible, Jesus is blood, Jesus is sacrifice. This is not okay, people. This is literally the Pharisees taking the law and adding to the law. That's what the Pharisees did. If people understand that, the, the, the law was 613 things. You're going to find it in Leviticus. What the Pharisees did is add more to it to give it more power and fence in the Jewish by what they had to do to get where they needed to be and to be considered righteous before God. Okay, we have that right now. People doing it with the word of God to get and bind minds and taking things in scripture and using it against Jesus Christ, taking his power away from his children, that they don't believe in deliverance. They don't believe that Christians can have, I mean, that's one of his huge ones. Christians, you know, your demons through you pastor macarthur is talking through you in that moment oh man oh man and for the people who have idolatry towards these teachers your anger is rising up in you right now towards me. A demon is telling you things about me because I'm teaching you truth. And the and, and the, the this demonic thing that was behind the Pharisees to take Jesus out is on these teachers 
oh, through pride and think they have such an understanding of truth and they're called to call out false teachers. Do you know how many people he calls out? Uh, John MacArthur. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you a heretic before you ever call me one. I'm going to have done it to you first. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, my word, Jesus. Wow, I don't know how how you want, like, how I'm the one chosen to do this. This is mind-blowing to me. And people, when I think it comes through pride, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sitting on my couch broken and sick for you have no idea how long you think I come through pride. God, I come through submission of my life to God. That's what I come through. And these people, they're coming through pride. This is, this is a prideful thing through the word of God, thinking that they're called to what? Protect the sheep? What are you protecting them from? The true power of God setting them free and them knowing him over you and your stupid doctrine and your 400 books and the Bible named after you? Like, I think that was amazing that my dad saw that and said, I won't read his stuff anymore. I'm like, talk about true discernment and not having idolatry. You know what I mean? Like, because he, he's put on this huge pedestal. I've been, and I've been to, because I was that person. I did not know what, the, I didn't believe that God showed if, because honestly, I had everyone, like my mom commits suicide, pastor's wife, uh, my sister dies of cancer. You think I believed in the power of God? Like that was from my life and the doctrine that was taught to me. Like I honestly didn't understand. And that's the problem we have. We have, they, they're called whitewashed tombs. That is what Jesus calls them in Matthew 23 and Luke 11, whitewashed tombs because they look good on the outside, yet they're dead on the inside. So they're, they're proving things very well with their scripture, but their heart is dead to who Jesus Christ actually is. Because I don't understand how you write 400 books on the word of God, yet you never got an encounter of his spirit to know that his spirit moves beyond your mouth that's mind-blowing to me and uh, and how did i have to get out of that doctrine i had i had like a, a like an encounter of god in such a crazy way when i was 23 just the presence his presence that's all it was the presence of god came over me and that changed my entire life after that and that's all it was i did not fall to the ground i started to encounter god differently like that in in a way that i had never been it's i was never indoctrinated by the charismatic you have kids in the charismatic movement are so indoctrinated by just power it's making them so dang flaky and it's why they have false prophecies it's why they have false prophet spirits is because they're only seeing an emphasis on the display of power then you have this over here that is literally in the spirit realm carrying the same thing that the pharisees carried towards jesus christ and it is binding minds to ever be open to a power like display so I was completely raised in this. So, and I don't, I'm like, have no issue blowing up like some of these churches because, um, Trinity reformed the, the church. I said that my, my dad used to, um, my dad was, would preach at. And then when he, we, because after my mom died, we ended up in an Orthodox Presbyterian church, which is literally one different doctrinal issue that they treated him completely different. And, you know, I, I shared this in, in the ones before what they did to the elder, why the church split, all this stuff. If you want to read the doctrine on their website, and here's what's crazy. The pastor of this church now is actually the husband of a girl I grew up with, the sister of the girl who lived in my apartment before me, my family friends. Like, I know these people, these people, they consider me a heretic. And that's the craziest, trippiest thing is because I know everything they believe. And my life just disproves your, your theology. 
You can't tell me as a pastor's daughter that when I was saved and bipolar and I was bipolar and I got so delivered and healed by God that his power does not work in that way today or that Christians can't have demons. Disprove that to me. How can you say, how can you say it? You can't disprove true testimonies that I can use scripture with as well. I'm not making up a new theology. I'm not adding into the law. I'm literally telling you by a lifestyle of conversion. Why do you think Paul could go from killing the, 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 the Christians teaching Jesus Christ? He went from killing them under because he was a Pharisee under the law. He went from murdering them because he believed that he was doing something in truth because of what he understood of the law. What changed him? Having such a crazy encounter with Jesus Christ, it converted. It, we, have fair, we have these teachers who have not had that encounter because their hearts are too hardened. Why did Paul get picked? Because because God must have known that deep down there was a softening and he had a misunderstanding to the law. That's why. That is why. So we need to see who are who are the people who are hardened. And honestly, you're, you're going to be called what Jesus called vipers. He called them vipers, okay? One of the worst things you could say, calling them a viper. I don't hear the grace, the grace being said to the Pharisees. Like, you have a couple Pharisees in Scripture that have a good story about them. So it isn't like all of them. There's ones that you have Paul even talk about it as a very high place of honor, being a Pharisee. And, and the way he speaks on it. And then you have Jesus cutting and going after the heart issue that was by behind behind this but you have some good stories in there meaning that there were there were some soft things to get at and so I just think that people you know anyone who's gonna listen to me if they're listening to me they are definitely not a cessationist <laughs> you know but it, it, who's this who this is gonna touch is is people who still have gone to these teachers based on their knowledge Meaning like they would still listen to, because I, I, I am very much like that. Like a lot, all my, I have tons of reform books and because I understand the knowledge they got. But so when I started, um, get I ordered one of his books, um, not that long ago, just a few months ago on the 12 disciples, because I'm like that, I'm that personality. I know how to pull, I know how to filter. And so this is so crazy because after I did it and I have some of his, I have um, a couple of his, not the ones that say the MacArthur Bible, but they're called the MacArthur like study one year Bible. I have a couple of those and I'm sure I've, I have other stuff, but, um, and then after I did it and I knew he was a cessationist, but I'm just like someone that could pull, I just felt God all over it. Like, nope, you are not to pull from this any longer. You're not, even though you, you like how they, because I just went to one of his teachings recently and he's talking about, uh, um, Ezekiel, um, was it 38? How did I just blank on that? The one that I just talked on with the end times that Jack Hibbs brought up. It was 38, right? Whatever it was. I'm pretty sure it was Ezekiel 38, where I was talking about um, the, pro the yeah. pro prophecy that didn't come to pass. He's preaching on that right now, saying we're at the end times. Literally, literally. So, of course, I'm curious. I wanted, but I couldn't because I know I'm not supposed to because that's normally what I would, I would pull from that knowledge. And so that's also why I can prove this isn't coming from pride because this is stuff I actually am just like, yeah, it's off Satia's view. I consider it heretical, but not to like to this level that God is like really showing me. He's having me take another bat to the giant that's within the deception that we've used on the word of God in leadership and in, in the gifts of the spirit and truly understanding the fullness of Jesus Christ in scripture. So um, 
when I was, uh, so yeah, I got that book and, and I, and I just, I ended up throwing it away because I like, God was like, nope, you aren't to pull. And so this is what I want to, I want to give people the, the discernment of it. Cause some of this is if for those who actually know who this, this guy is, this is very hard for you to hear. If you listen to him, just because first of all, it's just going to mess, mess with your head because of his knowledge and so many people follow him but it what i found his audience is so dang bound like they're so legalistic and prideful people that get into this type of this uh, this type of all the training has to, it's such an idolatry he knows everything 400 books he puts his name on a bible and on top of it his ministry is called grace to you what a demonic deception that you're calling you're giving people grace when you're binding minds by your theology how i mean it's so like all twisted and flipped so yes i did go to church in the in the the trinity reformed baptist that i, I was bringing up and that because i it's it's cultish it's a cultish thing that is happening and i'm like someone who got delivered out of scientology like leah remini if anyone knows that girl, that chick in la she was a big scientologist and coming out from under it she now blows a lid on scientology and i i'm sorry because this is because this is not okay how we're doing it and i went to the website and was reading back on how in their full-blown cessationist the the way People, they put so much honor on their understanding, so much honor on the proven things of doctrine and what's for today and blah, 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 blah. Like it's so, it's so binding and it's so dead. There's no power. There's no experience. They bind everybody. They put power and control through, through eldership, through this, this using of scripture. And it's so sad to me that we have gotten that the use of scripture to bind people when it's like the opposite of what Jesus came for. Like he came for the opposite. How people have gotten so bound by this idea of who God is and how we can prove this through scripture and, and, and it gives so much. And you know, like they, they love to heretic hunt. They, they, they love it. They love it. They love it. I mean, the fact that a, grown man at my dad's church called me a heretic pretty much publicly without saying my name in a prayer the day yeah yeah listen to this the day i was coming back to do like my second conference at my dad's church um and the women wanted me there were receiving me it was the men who three of them that that lost their lost their poop one it was through an email and him sending links of why joyce meyer's a heretic and because i mentioned her name and them saying i'm under her under heretical teaching so the reformed baptist pastor dad needs to get his daughter back in check if anybody want to hear what i taught at this church it's like a joke go to my early early podcast they're like the very beginning and there's some music playing at the end in, in the they're like my very first podcast they don't mention spirits they are nothing to my teaching, absolutely nothing to my teaching. And they called me a heretic from it. Like that's so crazy. So the guy gets up to, pre to, to pray before my dad gets up to preach. His, this is his only prayer. God, I pray that the men in this church will become more discerning to heresy. Amen. Yep. And my dad was preaching on Ephesians 6 that day, spiritual warfare, and he, he, lost, he lost it. He knew he, the guy was referring to me coming in later, and it's like sent fire on him. So he got up. So it was so much spiritual warfare. First of all, to attack my dad for the first time, he's speaking on spiritual warfare, and then to do it through like 
I'm like the apple in my dad's eye. Like, you, you're gonna get killed, I'm sorry. That's how my dad is. Doesn't matter if there's something you think you could prove that I'm, he's gonna take it back to you. And so he he like, yeah, it turned, it turned my dad on fire. And then another thing, when the guy left the church, you wanna know what he did? He called my dad and he said, one of the reasons I'm leaving this church is because of your daughter being allowed to speak. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy. So you people don't think I understand heretic hunting? I mean, it's like so stupid. I was the most like, I mean, I'm just this girl like coming in, using my testimony, teaching the, the females how to be free and and deal with, you know, healing of the things they believe about God, like such a, and that was the warfare on me, first of all, is that insane? And then secondly, to come at me as a, I can't, I would love to know what you, how you try to crucify me now, except now I know too much, I could kill you too quick. So come at me. I'm like when John MacArthur like goes public on people, the way he said something to about Beth Moore publicly, people should have heard this. This was a big thing in the church. He said something about her needing to be quiet and her response, I was like, oh, Beth Moore, you're more mature than me. You are more mature, mature than me. She did not even com combat it. She said, I'm not called to the, by what men call me, I'm called by God. Oh my gosh, do you know what I would have done? Oh my gosh, I would have tweeted. I would have released a public video. I would have emailed his ministry. <laughs> oh, really? Let's have a little head-to-head. -head. I get too aggressive with that stuff, especially if you're doing it through a spirit and demonic. Because when that one elder wrote the email to my dad about me, I lost my crap. He called me. I was in the salon, and he was livid. Like, my dad was so angry. He's like, you're not coming back in here. You're not. This is, you know. And I said, Dad, get me a sit-down meeting. I'll deal with it. <laughs> I said it uh, to the guy who, who I know who he is, uh, this elder at my dad's church who's been in the Trinity Reformed Baptist. I mean, he's hardcore. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I can tell you what I believe and why I believe it. I'll deal with it, Dad. I'll prove what I'm saying and why I believe that I'm saying it. I don't, I don't have a problem going head to head with you and explain to you why I believe what I believe. And I'm like, we need to stand up more. Like, we need to stand up more for truth. And I'm like, and for, and for all the people he, he, he likes to publicly call out and literally dividing the body and you say isn't that what you're no I, I'm gonna put unity back in the body for the people who are under these teachings and uh, don't understand it so that you have the fullness of scripture and you become more unified you don't take bats to the charismatic or the display of power because you've been indoctrinated you change that you change that that's what I'm doing so I'm unifying this and I'm gonna expose wolves who have been doing the opposite through their idea of scripture so um the the girl, so the church, yeah, I was in, and like the my friend, I've I've known her like my my whole life. She was around during the Ramsey's days. Ram, oh. <laughs> Whoa. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not gonna say what that was. Um. Dang, never done that. <laughs> Wish I hadn't done that right now. Whatever. I'm gonna get over that. Um. So I um would come to this apartment because I lived in Long Beach and I was in the middle of like being stalked. I was in drug addiction and I would come and she lived here for many years because it's, it's the reform circle. You know, my dad's, um, the landlord of this is, um, 
an elder in my dad's church. And I, and that's another thing. I see such purity in the certain people in this, in this do, denomination. And I also think that's also part of why I had to be one that could do this because I see the goodness and the truth also in people who are in this. I see the ones that have soft hearts. I see the ones that, you know, and so it's like, it's like, it's not, it's me not saying all of it is bad. How could I say that? My dad's a reformed Baptist pastor. I am clearly not saying that because I support him completely. Um, and so, so, um, she, okay. So I would come into this apartment I'd hang out with her. Like we were totally good friends. Um, we still would totally get along. The thing is, is that she, she's hardcore and she was completely involved in John MacArthur's church. And that's why I ended up going there sometimes with her. And, um, then she married one of our childhood friends and who's another one that I mean, I've known him. He dated my sister. We used to party together, the guy, and he's hardcore and he's like a controlling, controlling guy. And it's funny for someone like me, like to to have, see those people who like grew up with me, you know, my dad, and then know now that I teach to men or wouldn't know, or he go on this podcast or because I know that she would research my stuff randomly. Um, the girl I'm talking about. So it'd be kind of crazy if she researched this because I'm not saying anything bad about uh, bad about her because I actually really like her. But there's there's something that's a blinding, um, and the fact that I know that her her husband would not allow her to speak to me any longer um, because of because I was invited to their house a few years ago. This was before I started doing um, men's ministry. So now if that got found out that men were coming to my stuff or how much I go more in depth on the demonic or that I tear up their doctrine that they're bound under like then you know i'm a heretic so and that she wouldn't even be allowed even though me and her get along and we're really good we're really good friends and that's the crap you just this is just it's just blah, whatever okay um but that that church that i just was referring to is it it has bound people so bad the one that's local that I was involved in or was when I was younger, my dad used to preach. I, 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 you just see the death on what they've done through doctrine. Like it's just so, it's so disheartening to me. And so when I was feeling like today that God said, um, you're going to now expose this through doctrine and theology. And it wasn't a big voice. I didn't say thus saith the Lord. It was just a feeling and a thought I got and then started getting into when Jesus goes after the Pharisees and, and is calling them whitewashed tombs. And, you know, there's not a lot of grace in it. He takes a bat to him. Um, another side of, of Jesus Christ that we need to see um, is, is, is his stance when it came to him understanding the hearts behind what they were doing. And he could read their hearts and he knew their intentions. They, he knew what they were trying to disprove about him when he was um, coming to fulfill the law something they were so, so compelled to protect and stand by, coming to fulfill God's word in fullness and truth. They took the word of God that came through Moses and they put idolatry on it. Oh, put idolatry on doctrine. <clears throat> they put idolatry on knowledge. They put idolatry on understanding. And so I, ha I went through a few different things on this today. I'm just going to tell people, I don't know why I feel like I'm supposed to. IV IVP Bible background by Keener. Um, I went into the those scriptures of Luke and Luke 11 and Matthew 23. I went into the vines dealing with Pharisees and Sadducees um, or Pharisees and scribes. Um, I think that's all I did in there. And then I was in this International Dictionary of the Bible under Pharisees and scribes. Those are I'm going to read. I'm going to read from this and I'm going to explain. 
I'm going to explain how what the Pharisees and what the scribes were doing when you're dealing with, um, and then I'm probably going to read Luke. Luke. Should I read Luke first? Um, no, I feel like it's going to have more power if I explain what's behind what's behind the Pharisees. Because, um, and, and then God showing me exactly what they were doing in opposition to Jesus Christ is now, infil is, has infiltrated the church through doctrine in these high up, idea of a theologian and his knowledge and understanding um and and i because my discernment i see i can't he i'm not even gonna get into when i when i look at when i look at him how yeah okay i'm gonna read just a couple parts because this was long in this book about pharisees i'm gonna read a couple things that were brought out to me so um so they believe they were the only interpreters of god and his word like their position um but that's also scribes so they were paired with scribes that's why i'm going to do scribes and the pharisees because the pharisees and the sadducees um had oppos opposition and beliefs and this is literally what how the church right now is is not unified and it's interesting the opposite because actually the pharisees have more of a charismatic view than the sadducees but the sadducees were considered the liberals of the day um, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead they didn't believe in the spirit realm like uh demons and um spirits spirits and angels and stuff and actually pharisees did they believed in exorcism. Um, this, I mean, this is why they they call Jesus Beelzebub, casting out Beelzebub. Like they believed, they believed in all in all of that. Um, and you literally have that they, these two hierarchy positions in the Jewish culture had these the same that like similar division that we have we have in the in the church, but in a different twisted way of how it's like the charismatic the Arminian theology versus versus the this idea that doctrine disproves anything of power and this is all flaky blah 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 blah. So. Um, the doctrine of the Pharisees included predestination. That's crazy. That's Calvinism. So they also had that. So you literally have a twist of all of this. But now the church has divided it and their Pharisees and Sadducees have separated a little differently now. Um, or some have termed it a teaching of special divine providence. They also laid much stress on immorality of the soul and had a fundamental belief in the spirit life. That would that would be, you know, them believing in angels and demons and stuff. Teaching that usually caused much controversy when they met the Sadducees. They who just as emphatically denied them uh, being being people of the law, they believed in final reward for good works and that souls of the wicked were detained forever under the earth while those of the virtuous rose again. So that's because they they believed in the resurrection. Um, so this is so crazy. They believed all these things, yet they rejected the power in the, in, in the embodied person of the Godhead now coming, fulfilling what the prophets said that they had. I mean, I would believe that these Pharisees 100% knew Isaiah. 100% they read the, the scrolls of Isaiah. Like, I didn't get into, and I'm, I'm sure they weren't rejecting Isaiah. I mean, they believed in Elijah. That's why they called Jesus Christ uh, Elijah. Uh, they, like, when he died, like, you, like, this is crazy if you think about it. This is freaking crazy if you really understand what the Pharisees knew and believed and how when Jesus Christ came face to face, God himself came face to face with the power, they killed him. 
we have the church killing Jesus Christ again. Oh, oh my word. And that's why the restructuring has to happen. So they accepted the Old Testament scriptures and fostered the usual Jewish messianic hope. There you go. And they gave, which they gave a material and nationalistic twist. I don't know what that means. Okay. They hated Jesus's doctrine of equality and claims of messiahship with equal fervor. John 9, 16, 22. He in turn condemned both their theology and life of legalism by teaching free salvation by grace through his own death and resurrection. Um, they accused Jesus of blasphemy um, and being in a league with the devil, which is the scripture I'm going to read. And then it, this is another thing in it. Um, oh, it, they basically, it basically talks about how Paul, it's not a bad, like Paul says actually good things about Pharisees. He does not speak... Um, he doesn't speak like condemning. He, he goes after the law. And that that's part of, you know, Paul's understanding of also being one. It's not that it was bad. It's that we are, we should have teachers in a position that are strong on doctrine and don't need the power to display. Like, I agree with that. Like, I actually think someone like Jack Hibbs, I'm sure his church is not having these big. He, he He's more of a doctrinal a way of teaching with you know factual truth and and I that's like I actually now in my life that's what I pull from than needing like because I just believe if you have the fullness of something you, you understand how you you gain from this without it binding your mind under doctrine and that's all I would say that people that you don't have any like if you're not seeing any type of power or believe that that's okay and real that's where you just need to be careful to get too into it just doctrine being taught and know how to pull from that and that's okay but also believe in the other side of god that's kind of like my take on why that is is important and i would you know i would tell certain people that if they're more about experience and they have way more with like the experience of power or manifestations i like say i think you should get more into like a doctrinal setting like that's where you need to to make sure you don't get weird and flaky and i think that's where we don't have like the discernment of all of that and like that we don't need to have a power display every sunday or you know if we want we want to we always want to have god move and move how he chooses to move but he may say just teaching just teaching right now no ministry no this and and sometimes i think what happens in the charismatic they don't ever allow that like they're always gonna want to see a power display like i just remember being in my bible school and in the chapel and they would allow a student to get up and run circles if they felt the holy spirit hit them and run circles i mean run around an entire chapel while somebody is speaking and teaching and they trained the students that that's okay and that's normal do you know that's not okay or normal. Like, I understand the Holy Spirit hitting people, but I don't get when there's division of his character. Who's he working through in that moment, right? Like, he's not double-minded. He's not double-minded. And I think that discernment that we, we you would look at those scriptures Paul writes about and go, ah, oh, I get it. I get it. I'm still open to, to the gifts. I'm still open to, to God's display of power. And I still, uh, but I'm not going to put doctrine on order because God's above my order. But there is some things that, that can, that, that would make sense when it comes to the character of God and who he is in that. It, 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 you know, I know that he touches minds in different ways 
through one teacher and he may deliver this person over here where this person is getting convicted. This person may be getting hope over here where this person sin is getting exposed, right? We have that where there's different things. But when we have his power going against another display of himself, that's where a kingdom is divided. A kingdom is divided at that point, okay? So now I'm going to talk about scribes because scribes was also a part of this. Um, okay, Pharisees were a religious party while scribes held an office. Um, when during the Hellenistic period, wait, the leading... Um, Okay, ex this is about them. Ex accepting the law as the basis for the regulation of all of life. They made it their primary task to study, interpret, and expound the law as the rule for daily life. The lack of details in the law they they filled up through the gradual development of an extensive and complicated system of teaching intended to safeguard the, the sanctity of the law. So that's where they okay by their practice of making a fence about the law they added to it its actual requirements loading people with burdens they can't carry they felt that their diligent search of the old testament for profound meaning was um mer meritorious so must give them merit or something and entitled them to eternal life this vast complicated mask mass of scribe teaching known as the tradition of the elders <laughs> dang people this is what you have this in the cessationist view they took a fence of scripture and added to it to safeguard their theology and give them more power for what they teach so that the fullness of jesus christ cannot come in to their settings or the people that they're teaching <sighs> And when Jesus Christ would show up, they would try to crucify him again the way they would do someone like me teaching truth. Oh, man, this is good. Okay. It kept going. Okay. The vast and complicated mass of scribal teaching known as the tradition of the elders was orally transmitted and required prolonged study to master. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, could this get any better? This is exactly what these, these preachers, this is all John MacArthur does. Sit, sits and studies and studies and studies. And then he takes his scripture and says, here, I can prove by all these scriptures i'm going to give you all the praise all the scriptures that prove demons can't get on christians so if someone comes over here with this true testimony of being a christian and getting crazy delivered and had demons manifest on her my scripture disproves what your experience is even though there's scripture on my experience too you idiot <laughs> oh my gosh i can't ever help name calling it comes out i don't know jesus called them whitewashed tombs Woe to the stupid foes, the whitewashed tombs of being an idiot. Ding, think you're just full of flipping knowledge. And I stare you in the eye when I say it. I, the funny thing is I sit on my couch directing my TV, but then when I get all crazy, I look over at her and stare her dead in the face. <laughs> and she just sits there and smiles and then smiling. <laughs> Does anyone want to join this congregation? I'm, I'm, I'm having a membership class this weekend. You, you got to sit and watch me shake and yell and then stare at you dead in the face. Why I call people idiots. 
That's the requirements to attend Sarah's School of Suffering. (laughs) SOS. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> um In their desire to know the law, the common people readily turn to the legal experts as teachers. <laughs> this is what we have the sheep doing. I feel so sad for the people who got salva- like given their life to God and get in one of these churches. That makes me like want to cry because you are going to, you just lost everything where power could, it could also come into your life as well because your emphasis becomes on the knowledge. And that's a type of mind that really, really, that's what these mind, a mind that gets attracted to this control. I mean, I could literally give a list of the type of people and their behaviors that attract them to this. I could I could pull out personality types and stuff. And and that's why I'm like there's there's grace on understanding why you're driven to that. I hope that those people could be driven how I teach because I can teach in a type of factual, literal and exp- like expounding on things and through scripture that those minds like. They like them. They don't want the flaky, just experience, 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 and and this power and power and power and 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 like I I get it. I get the mind. So in their desire to know the law and comment, yeah. So people went to them. They taught in the synagogues and trained their pupils in their scribal lore. All higher instruction, if not all instruction of the day, was in their hands. Wow, the power they carried, the power they carried in 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 something that was given from God through Moses, through the prophets, that now came into this place where these these certain people in leadership began to just add some things to it that was going to bind and harden the minds when Jesus Christ was going to come. That's why the Jews would hate him. That's why, because their, their minds had been hardened by this stuff. I mean, come on, people, this is so dang good. Never heard anyone explain the Pharisees like, like this. This is like mind-blowing. I didn't even know it. Um... Because their legal knowledge, the scribes were often called to serve as judges in the Jewish courts. Yeah, because their knowledge got in places. That's what you have happening. They constitute an important element in the membership of the Sanhedrin. And then they talk about not all of them were bad. Because you had Nicodemus, Gamaliel were scribes. Um, I don't even. So... Because Jesus refused to be bound by the scribal additions to the law and he was going against the opposite, the scribes soon fiercely opposed him. You know, he's doing the opposite, like on the Sabbath day healing, healing someone. And they, and they don't even combat the healing being real. They combat him doing it on the Sabbath. Like, look how the, the doctrine overrides the power. Like, if we understand that's what we, we, we seriously have that exact same thing. Do you know one of the things that's so interesting that got added to the law would be something like you can't pluck and remove hair on the sabbath that's one of the things i mean it's really freaking crazy like it's very interesting there's actually a word for um mish mish mishmal or some um let me um a mishnah m-i-s-h-n-a-h that is actually the rules um like all the stuff the um that's going to be like the the jewish law and tradition and, and the things also combined in it that got added to it so now i'm going to read luke 11. you know i was more drawn to this text matthew 23 has has it too but i i liked luke 11 for some reason because 
um, because at the beginning of it, they call him out for casting a demon off somebody and they call him Beelzebub. And that's what we have. This is what the how we have the leaders. We have the guy like John MacArthur would, would call me a complete heretic. He would he would call out where the spirit of God's moving through my teaching, and he would call it Beelzebub. <laughs> oh God! Because do you know that's what he says when it comes to uh, spiritual gifts. He calls it demonic um, deception. That's what he calls it. So he calls any 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 charismatics that would walk in it. He calls it demonic. Come on, people. People, come on. You can't follow him any longer. Not even if his knowledge is good and his teaching is good. This is evil. This is evil. This is coming against Jesus Christ and this is not okay. This is heretical. And he thinks he can call people heretics. It's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. Luke 11, verse 14. One day Jesus cast a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak. I mean, how bad this is like prove it but because these these uh these pharisees were so and scribes were so used to the spirit realm and saw crazy stuff that they just went into the assumption immediately it was a demon doing it and i literally think that that's what you have people so indoctrinated that they immediately jumped to the scripture that jesus said you will cast out demons in my name that's the scripture they use on it that's the scripture they're going to use is that this is done away with this is the demons doing it it's a replay we have a replay right now of scripture. We have the, the that's what I have to say. I don't gotta give any future prophecies. I'm just gonna teach the Bible. We literally just have the Bible being played out over and over and over again. Like, but because God's word was for the fullness of, of you know, till Jesus comes. Did, do you think he's not gonna have put all the fullness within it to, for our modern day? And and instead we have people like Hillsong saying our modern our modern day with scripture is to become cult, become cultural and carry the same culture in our church. It's like so, it's like so backwards. It's so backwards how we've twisted all of this stuff. The crowds were amazed, but some of them said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Others trying to test Jesus demanded that he show a miraculous sign of heaven to prove his authority. Here's the thing. They didn't say it out loud. He read their thoughts. He read their, he read their stinking thoughts. Any kingdom divided by civil wars doom. He knew their thoughts, so he said, Any kingdom divided by civil wars doom. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. You say I'm empowered by Satan, but if Satan is divided and fighting against himself, how can his kingdom survive? And I... And if I am empowered by Satan, then what about your exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you've said. But if I'm casting out demons by the power of God, the kingdom of God has now arrived. For when a, man, a strong man is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe until someone even stronger attacks him and overpowers him and strips his weapons, carries off his belongings. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Anyone who's working with me actually working against me. I've had people interpret that scripture number 20 about take about deliverance and dealing with the strong man meaning like the the head demon and then the not at all like he's 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 basically saying like now a stronger man me is coming in and going to take your possessions <laughs> like he, he's saying that you know, now now you were the strong man with your law and now i'm gonna come in and rob i mean that's how that's interpreted to me i mean i'm like that's not it's not about a. That's that's not about deliverance. We can't take that and say that now this explains how you bind up the head demon on someone and then deal with all the other stuff. Um, 
Number 20, number 37. As Jesus is speaking, one of the Pharisees invites him in for a meal. He, he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by the Jewish Christians. Here's what's interesting to me about this. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about, and some people, I don't, I don't know. I guess it depends on how religious you are about certain things like this, or I don't, I don't know. People who listen to me, I think you get over like some of those things. I rarely pray over a meal. And if people know this, can you see the girls that I trained up, like the one next to me, my friends that take prayer appointments, we'll go to dinner and I don't pray. <laughs> I just start eating. <laughs> and uh, and, so, and it's because I'm like, I prayed all day. I'm always in prayer. I like, and, and so I was like, I just, I was thinking about that, that like, I remember going out to eat with all the leaders from like one of our events, like Scott and Ray and like Shay, like a couple of people. We were going to eat in, in between our um, our first session and then our night session. We we're having OC worship nights come and do um, an event with us. And we all sat down to start eating. No one prayed because we'd been praying all day. Like we had been like already and we weren't needing to display it in front of other people. Like. I like in scripture when I was I was looking at too I was looking at when uh, about Jesus doing it. There's one thing in the Old Testament Deuteronomy says to pray pray um, over your mouth, and then you have G and then Jesus doing it a few different times, thanking and breaking bread, and then Paul and they were around people, and I believe like there there was I believe it was a display of their heart towards the Father. And we have turned religious things about it that it's it's a display for our outward appearance. And like, I will do it. That's the thing. I am aware of who I'm with. Like when I'm, when I'm with your mom, I wait and I let her pray. I just personally don't want to pray. Like I pray enough. Like, and I pray for people. And like, yeah, so I just like, you can pray. We're, I'm good if that's your thing. But that's personally, I don't, that to me is like, I, it's an out, it's either needs to be an outward display of your heart towards God. It's not to be a display of like, your legalism of, of something. Like, it's like the idea that people say and end up in Jesus' name and have no idea what they're talking about. They carried no authority in the fact they put the name of Jesus at the end of the prayer. That's like my my point, okay? And so, to me, I was like, he doesn't follow a normal custom in this. Jesus does, in because he was messing with them. He was messing with them. I, I, I believe it, Jesus. I believe you were confounding minds. You were confounding the wisdom. Then the Lord said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. I think it's amazing he showed up and had a meal and went off on him. Because uh, this is another thing. This is what Pharisees would do is they would get together all their leaders and then they would have their big conversations of all their knowledge. This was like what? So this is like this is would have been one of them. And they see this display of power coming through this Joseph's son. He gets invited into it and he takes a bat on all of them and he goes off on him. And I think that's hilarious. You have the big head, these type of head um, pastors, like the one at the Trinity church that like pushed the elder out and my dad out and stuff. That's what they do. They all get together and they, they'll drink liquor and like smoke cigars and it's all the men and they love to debate. Like, the, the, when I went on a date, I said I went on like one, one date in like how many dang, dang years, like 10, 10 years. And I went out with a cessationist, <laughs> you know, that he was a cessationist. That's why I've gotten a fight. <laughs> and I went out with him because he was handsome. <laughs> and I was like, maybe, 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 I don't know, maybe because he said he was like open to 
the charismatic and he was trying to prove himself to me knowing that that I and I was starting a deliverance ministry and stuff like that and then when we got down to eat I mean my glass of wine hadn't even shown up I did not understand this dude's position that he told me he had papers in his car to disprove the gifts of the spirit yeah, and he said he's been researching it. He wanted to debate me. He thought this because that's what they do. So he's thinking I'm the pastor's daughter, and this is a date. I'm going to, I called it a debate date to my friend. I go, I had a debate date. <laughs> and I was so weirded out by it. I was like staring at him, like just sitting there letting him prove his point. I was like, wow, wow, you're tripping. I was raised in this my whole life. Not a way to, not a way to pursue a girl is to do that to her. And he was older. So it was really weird. Like he was an older man. He had kid. I mean, this guy was not like some young idiot dude. And so he and he had he had all his papers in the car to tell me. And just and I was like, so I sat silently, but I was getting more and more mad the more he was do, doing it and what he was saying. And so I got up to go to and I already was a train wreck because I had had so much anxiety. I was already losing my crap. I hadn't eaten. I couldn't even eat on the on the meal. That's how bad and sick I was. I mean, I probably tripped the guy out, but then I went off on him on top of it. And so I went. So I went. I got up and I went to the bathroom and I think he saw it on my face like he went too far. I went to the bathroom. And I was on the toilet. I sat there. I go, God, there's two options right now. If I go back, I'm going to go off or I need to leave. What am I going to do? Because I drove in his car. So I was like, okay, if I go back, I already know what's going to happen. I know my personalities. And I that's exactly what happened. So I got back and I pulled my chair and I sit up and I'm looking at him. And I've been very quiet. And I'm dangerous when I've been very quiet about something. Yeah, it usually means something's, something's about to blow if I just sit there and stare at you like for a long time and you're doing something like that. So I, and I, he saw it on me. So he starts rebuttaling and pulling back and getting nervous. And I just went off. I did not use scripture. I took personal shots at him. I said, you don't even... How do you, I go, why would you even be interested in me? I have a deliverance ministry. Like I'm doing deliverance. And I was, and then he goes, well, I believe in that. I believe in, you know, the casting out of demons. And I was like, I said, you don't even have a personal relationship with God. Like you don't even know the power of God. Like you don't, and, and I took personal shots. And when they debate, they debate with scripture. So I did the opposite. I took personal hits. And that's kind of what I what I would do with these with these things too. Like I get a little personal and like, yeah, I take, I, I'm taking a hit at your heart. Like I'm taking a hit at your heart because your display of your relationship with God through your idea of theology and doctrine. He told me the book he was reading at the time was about the Sabbath day. And he showed it to me. I said, you need to stop reading that. I was like, why? That's weird to read. Like, I just was, I just was so, I was so um, confused. So yeah, it turned into a little bit of a problem. And then, and then I just, I just let it go and the, like acted normal because I was just, I don't, I don't know. To me, I was just like, I'm proving my point the way you did. Like you came at me. I told him, I said, it was your, I said, not your position. It was your, um, you're not, it's a, like, it's the way he presented himself. It's the way he spoke to me. It was like a very like you're, you were preaching to a girl you took on a date. Like that's so weird. Um, and I said honestly, it was just the way you, 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 you did it. <laughs> it's like you, you could have like talked differently or waited a few dates in. Like you don't. Like it's like a, such a weird thing on these people with the spirit of religion and like how they think it's just normal to like sit there and debate and and like go. I was like, you need to go out with a quieter girl that doesn't talk because I'm not gonna just. That, that was weird. It's freaking weird. Okay, sorry. Random, random commercial there. <laughs> Luke eleven thirty nine. <39. laughs> 
after after Jesus's hand washing. Luke eleven thirty nine. The Lord said to him, "You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools! Didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside." by giving gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you'll be clean all over. He's saying, display with your heart what your knowledge is. Display what's really in your heart. Um, Number 42, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What sorrow awaits you Pharisees? I mean, he's saying it over and over and over and over again. Tell me where the grace and love is in that. And then wonder why I'm smacking some stuff around. For you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you. For you are like hidden graves in the field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping in. God. Teacher says an expert. um, So then they say back to him. Teacher said an expert in the religious law, you have insulted us too in what you just said. (laughs) Yes, said Jesus, what sorrow awaits you experts in religious law, for you crush people with your unbearable religious demands and you never lift a finger to ease your burden. What sorrow awaits you, for you build monuments for the prophets your own ancestors killed long ago. Oh man, so he's literally like saying, you talk about the prophets this certain way, yet your intentions are the ones that killed them. The heart of that. Man, that's so good. And people, oh, what he's saying came down. That the ones that killed the prophets, the, the, the false prophets, the, 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 the people that came against Jeremiah, came against um, Isaiah, saw Isaiah in half. He's saying the same thing as on you, Pharisees, that actually would preach from Isaiah. You also saw it, Isaiah, in half. <gasps> People, this is so good. Number 49, this is what God in his wisdom said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them, but they will kill some and, pro- and persecute the others. Number 53, as Jesus... Um, As Jesus was leaving, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees became hostile and tried to provoke him with many questions. They wanted to trap him into saying something they could use against him. Oh, man. That's freaking what you have with doctrine happening right now. That's what people would love to do to me. You want to sit down and use some scripture on me and disprove? You want to take me on a debate date? Want to take me on a debate date with all your understanding? All I'm going to do is sit there and probably tell you you're ugly. I'll just take a personal shot. I work as a 12-year-old bully. Yep, that's the other side of me. I'm not going to do doctrine with you. I ain't going to play in your lane like that. I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to say you're ugly. <laughs> I saw a video today of Joe Rogan two years ago blowing up Carl Lentz before he got exposed. And it's very bad language. And it's because I was creeping his Instagram and looking at what he was tagged in, because this is what I do. <laughs> I went on his Instagram and see what he gets tagged in. I also check if he's losing followers, which he is, so I keep track of his followers. <laughs> I'm such a weirdo. Oh, the things I do in my spare time. And uh, he's losing followers. I just, I'm like, I'm just so dang, I'm so dang protective of what these leaders are doing. There's a photo of him. If you, if you need to get proven a little bit more of how heretical these leaders have been, there's a photo of him taken a few years ago where his pants 
pants are almost falling off of him and he's showing his buff body walking next to Justin Bieber, a, flinkin', a stinking pastor. And I was thinking, at what, why didn't Brian Houston remove this guy? Was it because, I mean, his display was blatantly not okay as a pastor, what he's doing. Go look at this picture, you guys, he's almost naked. And Joe Rogan nails him and says this guy's trying to get laid as a pastor. And, they, and people think he's legit because he's on Oprah. Joe Rogan, you guys. This guy is like a crude, crude, bad idiot guy. Joe Rogan. This is not a Christian. And he nailed him two years before it happened. We have non-Christians prophesying about the church because the church has been so blatantly heretical. Oh. Oh. Dang. Dang, he and it's and it's crazy that he has not that he wasn't removed back then. And I started to think. I said, I wonder if in the spirit he began to carry so much Jezebel power of where he had gotten that there could have been a fear on Brian Houston's ministry to remove him because of what like it it probably there was an intimidation and a fear. If I remove him, look how big he already is. He's bigger than me. He's become more famous than me. He's now tied to, so what would happen then if I did it through true conviction because Jezebel, I promise you, intimidated him. Because you know enough of this, of, of Brian Hughes, as a man of the word of God and been in ministry as long as he has, he knew that that was wrong. He knew that that should not have been a pastor under his name of his ministry. He knew that should not have been a position, but that's, I honestly, I think it was an intimidation of Jezebel. That's what I think. And I think there would have been a fear because then if I remove him, is he gonna go start another ch church? Much much bigger than mine and now I it won't be affiliated with my ministry at all right yeah. because Jezebel webs itself so the spirit of Jezebel it, it, it takes a kingdom it, it takes a kingdom and now that the spirit is collapsing we're gonna have these kingdoms are gonna come are gonna begin to collapse oh my gosh that was so good <laughs> sorry people when I say that it's not because I think I'm so impressive it's that I never know these things and they come out of my mouth and I'm like whoa it's like I, I'm getting taught at the same time <laughs> so i'm like whoa that's really good <laughs> oh goodness gracious i'm done with that bat that, that was a that was a crazy one um and it was a lot for people and i'm not going to keep going because that that was just a lot of stuff um and we have we're gonna do one more monday and then my play date leaves for a week <laughs> My friends that come visit me because I can't go anywhere. I know. We're sad. We're hoping maybe in a week she comes back and something's changed for me. Because I'm like, <laughs> uh, because, so there won't be any uh, recordings for, for the after Monday. So until the following Monday, I'm sure. Because the stuff just keeps coming out. Coming out. Never stops. Uh, so that would be this Monday. And then so Memorial Day. That's what we're going to be doing on Memorial Day. <laughs> People. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Mm, I'm, I'm finished. Holy Spirit. God, the, the next um, level of exposing the giant of this, of this thing that has taken over the church, Father. Thank you that eyes get open right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that it leaves people in awe of your truth. I pray that it opens hearts that have been hardened to the Spirit of God. I pray that it grows discernment, higher discernment in Jesus' name to truth. Oh. and to cause unity to these wolves who have caused division. <sighs> Lord. And that's all I got. Okay, goodbye.